0: affordable housing is a basic human right and to build a better Kentucky where all our people can thrive, safe and reliable housing is absolutely essential.
1: I wanted to be better and meet those goals and it wouldn't have been
2: possible without Kentucky housing. Knowing that I had a roof over my head, um, food, eat, knowing that I didn't have to want for anything, um, that's, a, that's a big plus.
3: Being a single parent and not having to worry about, um, you know, housing. Uh, Paying bills while, you know, being in school.
0: I am here to tell you
3: that there is a lot of beauty in this part of the county.
1: Bringing it home with KHC. Welcome back to Bringing it Home with KHC, the only podcast in Kentucky about affordable housing issues. Today, we are joined by three members of the REE Center, the Residential Energy Efficiency Center in Frankfort, Kentucky, Mark Adams, Dwayne Cade, and Troy Gosser. So before we begin and get into conversation about weatherization, I wonder if we can go around and have you introduce yourself and say what you do at the REE Center.
2: My name is Mark Adams, and I'm the Residential Energy Efficiency Manager. Uh, I oversee our, our training center there in Frankfort. With up-to-date classrooms and uh, training labs uh troy and and Dwayne are two of the instructors and we've recently moved uh, jason renault into uh, an instructor's position so so we will have three uh the training center um is bpi accredited in four uh four courses that we that we uh provide four of of many, but the, the four that's BPI accredited are crew leader, energy auditor, uh, quality control inspector, and, and retrofit installer technician. Uh, I also oversee our technical monitors, and the technical monitors are those who um, go out to visit agencies, the subgrantees that we have that we provide weatherization funds to, and they monitor homes that have been weatherized and client files and, and background information that they have. And uh, we do that for each agency at least once a year uh, per the Department of Energy guidelines that we have to follow. And right now we have uh, two of those, and um, we've just hired two more. So uh, we've got a pretty good crew. um, And like I say, uh, usually our classes are all but full, and uh, we train on many different areas in weatherization. Thanks, Mark.
1: Troy, why don't you go next?
0: Of course, I'm uh, one of the trainers down there at a, at the Recenter. center. I've uh, been in the program probably about 19 years, something like that. I started out a, as a um, installer at a local community action agency. I worked there for about 10 years, and uh, like I said, it started as an installer. Then, you know, moved up to crew leader, and then an auditor, and and uh, and all that. And then the monitoring position came open. And I moved over to KHC in 2015, and I've been here ever since. I started as monitor trainer, but uh, now it's uh, mostly training. That's what we do. And and, uh, like Mark said, we train on the the four accredited uh, certifications that we have. We also do BPI testing. We're one of the um, approved test centers. So not only can we teach you how to do it, but we can uh, test you. And I get you BPI certified, and that goes to anybody in the, anybody in the nation. You know, we're nationwide, so um, so we uh, we have that going on, and plus all of our Kentucky required trainings too. On top of that, so we stay relatively busy down there. Dwayne, um, my name's Dwayne
3: Cade, and I am an instructor at the RE Center as well. Uh, my story is going to sound a whole lot like Troy's story because uh, we started out the same way. We both started out on the crew. Um, I was at a local weatherization agency for about 10 years, started out as an installer, worked up to crew leader, uh, d QCI, energy auditor, and then about seven years ago, uh, I moved to Kentucky Housing and the ReCenter and started off as a monitor, then moved to monitor trainer, and now just uh, mostly training, but I've got about 17 years experience in weatherization.
1: Well, thanks for being here. Um, so as you all alluded to, um, the, the Reese Center, the REE Center, Residential Energy Efficiency, is, is a weatherization training center. So essentially, you are bringing people into that center from all over Kentucky. You're training them on inspection and weatherization practices. And then you're sending them back into those communities to weatherize homes, to make them more energy efficient, to bring down the energy bills. So those houses are just more affordable. And the homeowners can use that extra money or that, that um, the money not being spent on energy for other things like health care and food and things that just really matter. Um, but if we back up, let's just, let's just start at the beginning and say, well, what is weatherization?
3: Well, weatherization is, is really a whole house approach, not, not just putting uh, weather stripping kits on and stuff like that. And it, it is common. That uh, that's what people think of when you hear weatherization, but we actually take a whole house approach to weatherization, making sure that uh, one thing we do to the house doesn't affect many other things in the house, and that when we when we are uh, retrofitting these houses with weatherization measures, that we are getting the most uh, bang for your buck, uh, uh, so that. The money that's being put into it by weatherization is going to pay off on the client's uh, energy bills down the road.
1: That's true. I think a lot of people, when they think about weatherization, they're thinking of um, weather stripping or the plastic that you can put over the windows. But what you're saying that you teach at the at the RE Center is, is much more holistic. Um, so so take us inside of, of the facility. What's it like inside there?
0: Um, so, 7,200 square feet,
1: um, for the most
0: part, it's like a large warehouse. It's, it's large enough that we have a mobile home inside the warehouse. We use that as training, too, because over, well, I'm not going to say over half, but probably about half of the homes that we weatherize in Kentucky across the state happens to be mobile homes. So we focus on those because we want to make sure that we're uh, treating them just, just as good as we do the homes, make them more energy efficient because a lot of times the mobile homes are the ones that use more energy than, than site-built homes. So we have a mobile home inside the, the warehouse there. We also have a little prop house in the back and all kinds of tabletop props that simulate uh, things that you may do as far as air sealing in the attic of the home. And then our labs have, it's basically set up like a, like a small house. So it'll have a, the kitchen and then, the you know, like a sitting area, and then it'll have um, bathroom, things like that. But inside the bathroom, we have exhaust fans uh, that they can flow because they're supposed to flow so much. kitchen's got the kitchen fan, and we also have um, a water heater, which is a storage tank-style water heater, and a furnace. Both of those are gas. So we have to uh, teach them how to test for gas, test for safety. So they're coming in they're looking at the equipment, making sure that, you know, where they're not seeing any scorch marks, where the flame could be rolling out and scorching the tank. We teach them what to look for, uh, things like that, and look for all of the safety stuff. And then if it's safe in there to fire those appliances, then we fire the appliances one at a time and do the testing on them, do the combustion safety and all of that. So we do test the water heater and the furnace and the gas cook stove to make sure that uh, they're all running per manufacturer specifications.
3: We teach a lot of classes that are uh, to instruct the students how to use some of the various diagnostic equipment that we use in a home to uh, find air leakage and duct leakage and things like that. And then there's a variety of classes that we actually uh, teach them how to install hands-on measures. Uh, Troy mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, our retrofit installer class that is that is totally focused on the installer. Uh, and we have a, a small mock house built in the retraining center that they actually get into the attic of it. And there's several different things in that attic of the house, such as heat producing devices from a masonry chimney, can lights, uh, air leakage from the inside of the home to the attic, uh, all of that stuff. They they get the proper materials and everything and install it in that house as well as there's a crawl space in that house as well that has some of the same things. So they actually get to get into the, that, that house and see, you know, we instruct them the proper materials and the proper ways to install that stuff. And then a lot of our classes are based on uh Teaching them to use the diagnostic equipment that we use to uh, assess the house, um, re trains trains everybody to the specific standards and stuff for Kentucky weatherization, going by our program manual and field guide, which you know a lot of those are, are a lot of the standards and stuff are put down by the Department of Energy, and uh, we we train them to actually look at the houses and the different components that they need to be paying attention to when they're out there inspecting these homes all the way through the process of working on the homes. We also train the installer and we train the post inspectors, the QCIs, the quality control inspectors.
0: The, the thing that I like about it is especially when the, the RIT, cause usually that's, you know, new newer people, you know, been there six months or less or whatever. And we encourage them to go out in the field with their experienced crew leaders or installers and kind of learn the basics, you know, just kind of learn how it goes. If you're out there in the field, you're going to learn a little bit, but you don't learn the how or why. You know, you just say, okay, here, just do this, you know, just do this. And they're, they're doing it, but they're, they don't really know why. But whenever they come to the class, the way it's trained, cause it's, um, you know, lecture and plus hands on too. So we're telling them the why. Why do we do it like this? You know, and so, so that it makes more sense to them, I think once they learn the why and then they're like well i was always wondering why we did it like that um but uh that, that's one good thing about the class and we do have a lot of hands-on stuff too so so they uh they get to learn pretty quick
2: plus we also offer uh, several of our classes that are virtual and then we have a couple that are that are online like uh just the A lot of a lot of the new folks who come into these agencies, one of the first things they they go through is the intro to weatherization class. Um, And it's just it's an online course. They go in, they take it and it gives them an introduction to it because a lot of these folks come into this program and they hear weatherization and they think they're going to, you know, I'm not sure exactly what they think. But then the next thing you know, they find themselves in a crawl space or they find themselves in an attic and they're thinking, you know, we didn't sign up for this. so. It gives them an opportunity to kind of learn what they what they are, you know, going to be doing and and also to see the impact that it has. Uh, And a lot of people who are in this program, they, you know, they do it because they get a lot of feel good out of it. You know, they're helping people. um, They're making people's homes safer and and saving people money. And and like I say, when we go to do the monitorings on these homes, you know, the the vast majority of of things that we hear, you know, the crew was great, you know. They did a good job. They worked hard, you know, um, and we just usually get a lot of good feedback whenever we go um, to, to monitor. Uh, and that's a good part on our side. You know, we get a little feel good back on that because, you know, um, we we are all into this pro in this program, you know, because we believe in it and we know it's a great program. And, and it just does so much, like I say, for, for folks that might not have the opportunity to have this type of work done any other way. And it's,
3: it's worth mentioning, too, that those guys have to have a, a, a heart for this program. You know, Mark mentioned earlier that, you know, some of the places that we that we stay as, as weatherization workers is in people's attics and crawl spaces and stuff like that. And the undesirable places that nobody wants to go and nobody's going to get rich working in weatherization. So you really have to have a heart for the program and a heart for helping people to, uh, uh, to do this kind of work.
1: Well, that makes this a good place to say who does the the weatherization work out there in the communities. So you said it's the community action agencies. Can you explain what those are? They, uh, I, as the title would,
3: uh, you know, would, would kind of clue you in on you know community action agency. They're 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 usually all nonprofit that uh, actually work to serve the community, um, and you know weatherization is just one of the many things that most of the community action agencies do. Uh, They also do like crisis funding for people that uh, can't afford their electric bills or their gas bills, things like that. A lot of them do transportation services and a lot of uh, uh, senior citizen services and uh, Head Start and things like that.
1: So after a community action agency has come out and, and weatherized a home, how much can the homeowner expect to save?
3: That's all dependent on... Uh, on the house and, and the type of fuel they use and everything, we have a uh, energy audit program that we actually, when the inspector goes out and uh, looks at the house, enter, enters in all the information from the house. And uh, that energy audit program actually tells us what will be the most energy efficient for that particular home. Okay. Depending on, you know, if if it's an electric based house or a gas based house and what they charge for uh
2: for those,
3: uh, it, it'll it'll vary on what what a client can save with weatherization.
2: And, and Steve, one of the things we hear a lot whenever we go to clients' homes is as we do hear about how they're saving money on their bills and things, but probably more importantly is as you hear about how much more comfortable their home is after it's been weatherized. Uh, it's either warmer in the summer or in the winter, and and you know cooler in the in the summer. Uh, it's just, it's just, you know, they don't notice the drafts and things like that. And also a lot of what we do involves health and safety. Uh, so, you know, once the weatherization is finished, all the, all the health and safety measures have been taken care of. So, you know, not only are are they more comfortable, but they're also safer in their own home.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, how are homeowners hearing about this program? Uh, I know the Kentucky Housing Corporation, of course, we have a webpage about the weatherization assistance program. We have links to your community action agency so that you can reach out uh, and have this kind of work done on your home. Uh, but I'm just wondering, from what you've heard, are there any common ways that people are hearing about the program?
2: Usually what we hear most of the time is, is it's word of mouth. Uh, you know, a neighbor receives weatherization, so they see the you know the trucks out there and and that we hear, we get a lot of uh, word of mouth the the agencies themselves also do a lot of promotion for the program uh we are we are working internally here at KC on um a workforce development and just a marketing plan to try to help because we have so much of this bill money coming in um that uh we have to to focus on so we're working on on different areas of that just here inside KC ourselves um but that, a lot of it is word of mouth and um, like I say, they they see their neighbor, and the next thing you know, they go to the agency and and they apply. It's a low income program. Uh, it's it's focused for low income homes and and families, uh, those with high energy burden and high energy usage. So um, that all that information is gathered from the client at the time of intake and application, and then it's processed and as, and as long as they they're like at two hundred percent of the uh, federal poverty level, they're They're eligible. If you go to a mobile home lot
0: and you weatherize a a couple mobile homes in there, you know, within a year, you're probably going to be weatherizing them all because word of mouth, just like uh, I think Mark was saying. So, you know, you're there in a mobile home lot. There's 25 mobile homes there within a, you know, two acre, (laughs) three acre spot and and word of mouth
1: uh, gets around there. And so everybody starts signing up. So we get a lot that way. So here in Kentucky, the um, Weatherization Assistance Program gets funded through the Department of Energy, uh, but also the Kentucky Cabinet for Health and Family Services. That's the LIHEAP, the Low Income Heating Energy Assistance Program. Um, so, are, is there any difference between those programs uh, in terms of you know what you can do for a house?
2: The the major differences in between is 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 one in funding levels um, with our DOE formula. Uh, money that comes in, that's usually a little bit lower. Of course, we got the, uh, what we call the bill funding, uh, about a year, a year or so ago, our, our plan was approved, which was a significant amount of, of additional funds. LIHEAP money is usually a little more per year. And really the only difference in between the two is, is LIHEAP allows you to you can either follow all DOE regulations, you can follow some DOE regulations, or you can follow none. And the way our program set up is, is we follow some of the DOE rules, but some of, some of the things we have in our heat plan, we're allowed to do with those dollars that we couldn't do with DOE dollars. Uh, so it, it can make a big difference in what kind of measures can be done in a home because DOE's guidelines are, are pretty strict and, um, so, you know, you kind of have to work around those. One of those would be like the savings investment ratio. In order to do a measure, you have to have a, an SIR of uh, greater than one, one or greater. And with our uh, LIHEAP funds, it's 0.6. So, I mean, that's a pretty significant difference um, whenever they're doing the audits and putting it in. you know, if something comes up with, um, you know, to not be able to do with DOE dollars, then then if it SIRs out on uh, that point six, they can they can go ahead and do it with LIHEAP funds. So that's that's really the biggest difference is is just what we're able to do.
1: Mark, you mentioned the influx of money coming in from the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Um, are you going to be able to um, in- increase the weatherization program in any way? Are you going to be able to do more homes each year? Uh, what is going to be the effect of that? You know,
2: an, an average agency, I'd say, you know, for the most part, the the when we do fellas, four or 500 homes, 600 homes a year. Um, so the increase is going to have to be ugh, almost double fold, um, to, to spend. And of course, you know, with, with it being an election year coming up and things like that, Congress is really looking at, um, how this money's being spent. Um, there's also some weatherization ready funds that that come into play to help us um, possibly address deferral situations on homes. Say they go out and this home just has a lot of issues with it that that weatherization can't cover. Well, we can use those weatherization ready funds to to try to tackle some of those to get them to get them weatherization uh, ready. Uh, things like maybe you know working on roofs or. Water leaks or, or things like that. Just a, just as a couple of um, general issues we might run into. So so the pickup in production, uh, you know, they're going to need more workers. They're going to need more applications. Um, so the our marketing is going to work with these agencies, figure out how we can best help them. You know, go out. Find, find the workers that they need. We just did another survey a couple of weeks ago to get a, an idea of where they're standing right now and their needs, uh, for hiring. Um, that total as of, the, as of today was about 36. And not only are we looking at maybe trying to help the agencies, we're also looking at trying to help the contractors, uh, because contractors also need work. You know, they also need workers too. So our initial plans are just figuring out one, how, how we could go best about getting word out there and, and, promoting it and then trying to get, like I say, get people in and then get them trained. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why we hired an additional trainer. Uh, one, because Troy and Dwayne are already pretty slammed. Um, and then they have me talking to them all the time about, well, we need to add more. We need to add more. <laughs> so, um, you know, our third instructors want to take a big load off of them, too, as we move forward.
1: There are something like 23, I think community action agencies across the uh, the state of Kentucky. And that means, of course, that there are community action agencies in, in the areas that have recently been affected by the natural disasters, the, the tornadoes in western Kentucky and the flooding in eastern Kentucky. Um, have those disasters um, affected the weatherization program at all?
2: It's had a significant impact, yes.
0: Yes, it has. Um, the thing about... The floods, I guess, versus the tornado, the flooding over in Eastern Kentucky affected a lot of weatherization homes. Some were were in progress, some were already finished, and some were on the list to be done. And um, it's it's kind of like the you know I said the mobile home park. Um, well, when you talk about Eastern Kentucky, you know you've got and I'm and I'm going to use that Eastern Kentucky slang because I can. I am one. <laughs> so uh, you know when you go up in a holler as they say, um, that's not just one house up in that hollow. You know, there may be 10 or 15 houses up in this, you know, one mile long hollow that you drive up. Well, whenever the flooding came, you know, that whole hollow got washed out. I mean, it was just took them all out, you know. And I'll let Dwayne talk a little bit more about that because he went over there, he's seen it firsthand and it was just him telling me about it was was really eye-opening. It was incredible how deep that water was. But I'll let wind talk about that.
3: Yeah. I I went over to the, uh, the weatherization agency over there. LKLP is the uh, community action agency that takes care of that area that was really impacted by the, uh, by the floods. And I went over there pretty, pretty soon after the floods had hit that area and warehouses had been, were, were, were demolished. Um, People were living in, in tents on, on, the, on the places where their house used to be. Mobile homes had been picked up and, and moved miles down the road. And uh, the, the electric lines that, that were above the road uh, had debris in them. That The, uh, the water had got so high that, that it was actually carrying debris into the electric lines above the road. Um, and while I was over there, they actually found two more bodies in the debris over there. But uh, it, it, it was very devastating. Um, as far as how it affected weatherization work, you know, uh, a, a lot of, like Troy said, weatherization houses that were in progress and, and, and that were just done and everything, you know, all, all, those, all those measures and stuff that were installed, you know, didn't make any difference because the house was so severely damaged it couldn't be fixed anymore.
2: Plus, it also seriously impacted the uh, the application pool too. You know, if you think about the number of homes that were just lost in general in both in both disasters, it just took a, also took away potential applicants too. So, uh, I mean, just all the way around, significant, especially in those two areas.
3: And some of our weatherization agencies use a uh, contractor-based labor, so. The contractors in that area could be so busy after you know a, a natural disaster like that 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 they actually don't have time to work on the weatherization houses, so it can actually re- create a workforce issue as well.
1: Well, Mark, Dwayne, Troy, I, I really appreciate you spending some time today to talk about the weatherization program and the work being done by those community action agencies across Kentucky um, to make homes just much more affordable. Um, I think a good place to end would just. To ask you if you have any final thoughts to share um, about weatherization and the recenter,
0: I think we have a good group across the state uh, with our CAAs and our uh, contractors and the guys that's going out and doing the work. We've been told by DOE that we had some of the best air sealing and best duct sealing numbers when they came down and monitors a few years ago, and they were. They were just amazed at how good it was they, they couldn't believe that we could we could get them where we could for instance our duck ceiling numbers we're taking retrofit homes 50 year old 75 year old homes and meeting new construction energy code in duct ceiling and air sealing on about 90 percent of them that's huge that is biggie and uh, we couldn't do that without our without our CAs out our boots on the ground, and we're we're proud of those guys, and um, they they do a they do a great job. So proud of them.
2: Well, I can say, and and proudly so. Um, you know, Kentucky's well known and has a, a great reputation with, with DOE. We we do some trainings at national conferences, um, uh, so we really. When I say we, we, we really do a good job, we do. And that's that's all the, you know, like I say, the agencies and, and the, the people who, who get their hands dirty every day. Um, like we've said, they have to care. Um, and when you when you see the, the benefits of the program and you get to know the program pretty well, like say, Coy's been in it for, you know, 17 years and, and Dwayne another 10, 15, and I've been in it going on nine. You know, you just get to see, You get to see all the good that the program does. You know, you've spoken with us now for about 45 minutes, and we've tried to to fill you in the best we could in our time. But I think once you go and you see the folks and you see the homes and you get to hear their stories, uh, I think you'll just be that much more impressed.
1: Well, that's a wrap for Bringing It Home today. We truly hope you've enjoyed our discussion. If you'd like to find out more information about Kentucky Housing Corporation, please feel free to visit www.kyhousing.org. That's www.kyhousing.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast and blog, you can also visit www.bringingithomeky.com. That's www.bringingithomeky.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can also email us at communications at kyhousing.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you bring it home with us again.